朋友们，大家好。Hello, friends. Welcome to Spiritual Wai Mai. 欢迎来到属灵外卖 ，delivering the spiritual food to you wherever you are. 无论你在何处，我们为你速递属天灵粮。This article is a part of a series called Spiritual Wai Mai Voices, where we welcome our friends to share some spiritual food with us in their own voice. This spiritual Wai Mai was written by our friend Luke. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to a room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120, and said, "Brothers and sisters, the Scripture had to be fulfilled, in which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through David concerning Judas, who served as guide for those who arrested Jesus." He was one of our number and shared in our ministry. With the payment he received for his wickedness, Judas bought a field where he fell headlong. His body burst open and all his intestines spilled out. Everyone in Jerusalem heard about this, so they called that field in their language Akeldama, that is, field of blood. For said Peter, it is written in the book of Psalms. May his place be deserted; let no one dwell in it, and may another take his place of leadership. Therefore, it is necessary to choose of the men who have been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus was living among us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us. For one of these must become a witness with us. To his resurrection, so they nominated two men: Joseph, called Barsabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed, "Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry, which Judas left to go where he belongs." Then they cast lots. And the lot fell to Matthias, so he was added to the eleven apostles. Acts, chapter one, verses twelve through twenty-six. This passage reads like the minutes of a boring meeting. Everybody here? No. Judas is missing because he killed himself. Oh, who are we going to have replace him?、Uh, there are two guys who are never mentioned in the scripture before this point, and. Who will never be mentioned again?、Um, let's pick one of them. How should we do it?、Mm, let's flip a coin. Okay, Matthias wins. Perhaps my version is somewhat irreverent, but if you look at the text, this is exactly what happened. In this short text, I see the principle that spoke to me. This principle is the idea of succession. 
Succession is defined by the dictionary as the right, act, or process by which one person succeeds to the office, rank, or estate of another. In the Bible, succession is very important. Some of Israel's most influential leaders were those who prepared someone to take their place so that the gains they had made would remain even if the leader himself was gone. So I'd like to look at two other examples of succession and see what we can learn that will help us in our everyday lives. The first example comes early in the scripture. It is the example of Moses and Joshua. Then the Lord said to Moses, go up this mountain to the Abarim range and see the land I have given to the Israelites. After you have seen it, you too will be gathered to your people as your brother. <clears throat> then the Lord said to Moses, go up to this mountain. Then the Lord said to Moses, go up this mountain to the Abarim range. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go up this mountain to the Abarim range and see the land I have given to the Israelites. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go up this mountain to the Abarim range and see the land I have given the Israelites. After you have seen it, you too will be gathered to your people as your brother Aaron was. For when the community rebelled at the waters in the desert of Zin, both you disobeyed my command to dis <clears throat> Then the Lord said to Moses, go up this mountain in the Abiram range to see the land Then the Lord said to Moses, Go up this mountain in the Abarim range and see the land I have given the Israelites. After you have seen it, you too will be gathered to your people, as your brother Aaron was. For when the community rebelled at the waters in the desert of Zin, both of you disobeyed my command to honor me as holy before their eyes. These were the waters of Meribah. Kadesh, in the desert of Zin. Moses said to the Lord, May the Lord, the God who gives breath to all living things, appoint someone over this community to go out and come before them, one who will lead them out and bring them in. So the Lord's people will not be like sheep without a shepherd. So the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, son of Nun, a man in whom is the spirit of leadership, and lay your hand on him. Have him stand before Eleazar, the priest, and the entire assembly, and commission him in their presence. Give him some of your authority, so the whole Israelite community will obey him. 
he is to stand before Eleazar, the priest, who will obtain decisions for him by inquiring of the Urim before the Lord. At this at his command, he and the entire community of the Israelites will go out, and at his command, they will come in. Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He took Joshua and had him stand before Eleazar the priest and the whole assembly. Then he laid hands on him and commissioned him as the Lord instructed through Moses. Numbers chapter 27 verses 12 through 23, New International Version. This passage is so rich in its depiction of God. Leadership is something that is sacred and we cannot take it lightly. Disobedience in the part of a leader, even in something seemingly small, like losing your temper, can disqualify you from receiving God's blessing. Despite the fact that Moses was not allowed to enter the promised land with the people, he still cared very much about them and brought his concern before God. It's interesting that Moses is the one who brings this up. So many leaders think that if God wants to give them a successor, it's God's job to provide one. However, Moses does not. In fact, if we look in other stories, we find that if leaders are not proactive in looking for a successor, God does not provide one, and the results are often disastrous. Moses, on the other hand, actively seeks out his own replacement by asking specifically from the Lord. He is motivated by his love for the people and his desire that they will not be like sheep without a shepherd, aimless and wandering. In response to Moses' request, the Lord points out Joshua, a man who has stood by Moses through thick and thin, someone who has a proven track record of faithfulness and a heart for the Lord. If we are insecure in our leadership, it is easy to feel threatened by younger, stronger people who are eager to go on the offensive. Rather than to castrate these young bulls, our job as leaders is to channel them and to help them use their strength in productive ways. Throughout Moses' ministry, he consistently invites younger people into service with him, so when it came time to pass on his leadership, there were people available to choose from. I love how the Lord describes Joshua, a man in whom is the spirit of leadership. Have you ever noticed that there are some people that are naturally gifted leaders? I remember when my son Simon was just a little guy. I think he was about one and a half. He was out on the playground with a bunch of kids bigger than him, but he was the one at the head of the line leading the whole troop in a running and shouting game, and they followed him. Statistics, certifications, and degrees are good, 
Statistics, certifications, and degrees are good, but sometimes necessary indicators of leadership qualification. Statistics, certifications, and degrees are good and sometimes necessary indicators of leadership qualification. But we can't forget to look for the spirit of leadership that anoints certain individuals. Are people willing to follow this person into the fray? Are they willing to commit themselves totally because they see a leader who is also totally committed? Statistics, certifications, and degrees are good. Statistics, certifications, and degrees are good and sometimes necessary indicators of leadership qualifications. But we can't forget to look for the spirit of leadership that anoints certain individuals. Are people willing to follow this person to the fray? Are they willing to commit themselves totally because they see a leader who is also totally committed? The next thing the Lord tells Moses is to lay hands on him before Eleazar the high priest, Aaron's successor, and the assembly, and to commission him publicly. There is so much power in formally transferring leadership. Moses' leadership had been contested several times, and by publicly blessing Joshua, Moses passed down his own authority to this young leader, making the transition much smoother. In Deuteronomy chapter 34, verses 5 through 9, we see what happens after Moses dies. And Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab. As the Lord had said, he buried him in Moab, in the valley opposite Beth Peor. But to this day, no one knows where his grave is. Moses was a hundred and twenty years old when he died. Yet his eyes were not weak, nor his strength gone. The Israelites grieved for Moses in the plains of Moab thirty days, until the time of weeping and mourning was over. Now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom, because Moses had laid hands on him. So the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 5 through 9, New International Version. Alexander the Great was one of the most successful conquerors in history. He created a massive empire that stretched across two continents, but when he died, he had no one to succeed him. His empire ended up being carved up among his generals and quickly disintegrating. When we neglect the process of formally transferring authority, the things we have spent our lives building are in great danger of collapse. Joshua had the spirit of leadership already, but because of Moses' blessing, he also gained the spirit of wisdom and the acceptance of the people. My first year in China, 
I was allowed to visit one of Hudson Taylor's first mission houses in Shanghai. I didn't go in, but I got to see it from the outside. It did not look like much, but my friend told me that it was still in use as a hospital. Over 100 years after its founding, the echoes of Christ still ring through its halls as the building is used to help and to heal those in distress. What about us? Are we leaving any legacy for the next 100 years to see the goodness of God in China? Now, it would be nice if all transitions of power went this smoothly. But sometimes, even under the best circumstances, things don't go as we'd like. The next example of biblical succession I'd like to look at comes from 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 1-16. through 16. Let's take a look. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, As surely as the Lord lives, and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of the prophets at Bethel came out to Elisha and asked, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elisha replied, so be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, Elisha. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives, and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. The company of the prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and asked him, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, he replied. So be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives, and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. Fifty men from the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance, facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me, what can I do for you before I'm taken from you? Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said. Yet, if you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. As they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and the, and the horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of his garment and tore it in two. Elisha picked up Elijah's cloak, 
that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. He took the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah? He asked. When he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. The company of the prophets from Jericho who were watching said, The spirit of Elijah is resting on Elisha. And they went to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. Look, they said, we, your servants, have 50 able men. Let them go and look for your master. Perhaps the spirit of the Lord has picked him up and set him down on some mountain or in some valley. No, Elisha replied, do not send them. Second Kings chapter 2 verses 1 through 16, New International Version. This story is one of the funnier ones in scripture. It's like an elaborate dance. The old prophet knows that his time is near, but he wants to make sure that his successor is serious. Twice he says, you stay here. I've got an errand to run. Elisha is not about to stay behind and miss his blessing. He says, no way. I'm sticking to you like glue. The local prophets come out and talk to the younger man. Do you know your master's leaving? Yes, but be quiet. I don't want him to know that I know. Elisha's persistence pays off. And he is with his master when he is escorted to heaven in a chariot of fire. Elijah's jacket passes to Elisha, and with it a double portion of his spirit. But how does Elisha know? He doesn't feel any different. He says, where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah? He did what he saw his master do, and God responds. Interestingly, there are 50 witnesses who watched this whole thing, including the miracle. From a distance and you'd think that they would accept Elisha as the new leader but when Elisha tells them not to do something they doubt his word and pester him until he finally lets them do what they want when they come back later he responds told you so later he is challenged by a group of young people and mocked for being bald in response he has to show his authority in a severe way by calling on two bears to demonstrate the Lord's discipline. As new leaders, sometimes, even when we are in the right place at the right time and have the mantle in our hands, the people who we are supposed to lead will doubt our ability. When that happens, and it will, we do not need to worry. As God was with Moses and Joshua, as God was with Elijah and Elisha, he will be with us too. Trust in his calling and keep doing what he has given you to do. Don't get frustrated, he will vindicate in time. As you obey, you move into the authority he has given and proved his faithfulness.
How do we bring the pieces together? Maybe choosing a replacement is more important than it first appears. Maybe it is more like just filling a role. Judas dropped the baton and his position was given to someone else. We don't know what Matthias did after he took Judas's place. We don't know where he went or how he died. But we do know that he carries the honor of being one of the 12. He didn't get the honor for being the smartest or the most interesting. He got it because he showed up. He was faithful and God noticed. It doesn't matter if you are a natural leader like Joshua, a baldy like Elisha, or a nobody like Matthias. When God puts you in a position of leadership, be faithful. Lead the people God has entrusted you with and invest in those who will one day replace you. When you do, you become a part of a much larger story that has been going on since the beginning of time. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Hebrews chapter 11 verses 32 through 40. Lord, we come to you unworthy of the positions we have been given. We come not because of our ability, but because of your call. We pray that you would give us the strength we need to lead those whom you've entrusted us with, whether that is many or few. I pray that each of us uses the position we have been given to the fullest of our potential, not for our own glory, but for yours. Help us to be faithful to your call and lead with the authority you provide. Strengthen our hearts so that we 
are secure enough to invest in the successes of others rather than being worried about our own. Give us eyes to see the next generation of kingdom leaders and a heart to become mentors, grooming them for leadership. Go before us, Holy One. We look to you. Thanks for having some spiritual limey with us. 感谢你今天属灵外卖。We hope that you liked it and that it fed your soul. 希望你喜欢灵里满足。And we hope you come back for some more. 期待你再次回来。We love ya. 我们爱你哟、哦。